Hey everyone, uh, welcome to what is normally we are watching One Piece. Uh, this time it's just me, Joe, about myself, and I'm going to talk about the new One Piece movie that just released in American theaters, released uh, in Japan last July, One Piece film Gold, uh, and I'm also going to talk about all this shit that built up to it. <laughs> Watching One Piece. We are! Watching One Piece. We are! Alright, so first things first, uh, since I'm not talking with Jory and I'm talking about something that's just recently come out, I am not really going to tiptoe around spoilers at all. I don't think he's going to listen to it, so he should be fine. So I won't really like be like, oh, spoiler warning, or uh, I don't want to say too much. No, I'm just going to talk about shit as it happens. So real quick, before I get into the nitty gritty version of this sort of review recap thing, um, I'm just gonna say my initial reactions of Film Gold. Uh, it was really fucking good. I really liked it. Um, it was really it was really funny, um, which I did not expect for some reason. So for some reason, it's always just sort of like, okay humor, but I was like actually like physically laughing in the theater. And it was just really weird to experience One Piece in a theater with like a bunch of other people. The closest I think of coming to like watching One Piece with other people has kind of been this podcast. So it was bizarre to see like other people um, outside of like a convention setting with like, oh, I'm going to de deck myself up in One Piece merch to go see this movie. So that was really cool. It was really good. I thought, I thought, I thought Film Gold was really, really good about handling non, that it was not canon while also including some like serious heavy hitters um, from the canon uh, that are coming up or just recently sort of shown up in the show. So it sort of keeps the weight of being a big deal um, without like making it messy that no one's gonna remember that it happens. And I'll get more into depth with that. Um, I am keeping this real quick review uh, front, spoiler free. Um, I thought the themes were really good. I'm probably going to rant about the themes a lot later. They, the sort of uh, money equals power thing and the way that gets uh, handled is really poignant, I thought. As always, the outfits are great. Fights were really good. I actually loved the villain, so that was really good. Uh, a lot of the characters are great. There's so many good gags and jokes, and it just it's one piece at its best of switching between the really good gags and the really serious tension so yeah it was really good um my only complaint is uh that it has some sort of weird uh, fitting in with the timeline of sorts but i mean this is the only film to do that and literally every dragon ball movie has that problem so it's not really a complaint it's like a non-canon movie but uh, I'll talk about all of that more as I get more into it. Before I talk about the film itself, um, I'm going to talk about the stuff that built up to it. Because there was a filler arc, uh, the Silvermine arc, immediately after Dressrosa sort of built up to this vaguely. And then uh, the Heart of Gold TV movie short film? I don't know. It was good. Uh, that also built up to it. And then a film Gold uh, was released. So real quick, I'm going to go over the Silvermine arc. It's, it's a filler arc. But um, I'm going to talk about it because it's related. It started really fucking great. <laughs> um, the, the slapstick humor with, uh, with Bart is really good. I love Bart. I love the way he interacts with Luffy. Every minute of it, I, I love 
So that sort of weird slapstick humor with uh, him and, and the Bartow Club and uh, Law also is there and it's weird. And then for some reason, none of them know how to actually be pirates. So whenever they have an issue, they call their grandmother um, back in East Blue, which is just hilarious to me. Again, one of the few times I found myself actually laughing out loud at uh, at One Piece. When they actually start getting to the the conflict, I thought it was the real, really cool thing that the enemies had, like, the transponder snails as, like, headsets, like, sitting on their ears. It was a tiny detail, but it was something that I just really, really loved and I had to mention. And then that's really all I have to say about the, the, the filler arc. It was just four episodes. The bad guy's power doesn't really make any sense to me. The, the smelt, smelt fruit... And then he sort of has the ability to awaken it later on, and it makes less sense. And I think uh, he was barely, like, they didn't even really try with him to make it work. He was an asshole, whatever the real focus was on, Bart, and whatever her name was that was friends with Bart, blah, 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 it's over. And then they continue on to go to Zoe. This, this filler arc is actually a lot of the source of the problems with the timing, because, uh... So this this arc happens, <clears throat> and they're not they're not in the sunny. They're still separated. Um, the Sanji's group is on Zo, uh, so is the sunny, and they haven't even gotten Zo yet. But it sort of sets up with towards film gold. And at the end of it, Tanaka also is like he talks to Tesoro, and he's like, "Hey, one of the people that we hired is like dead as shit now." Uh, and Tesoro's like, "I don't give a fuck. I have so much money," and it is. And then they continue on to Zoe. And then what makes it tricky is when Heart of Gold starts. Heart of Gold is the actual real setup to film Gold. Um, but the whole crew is back together. And Law isn't there. Bart isn't there. They're on the sunny. But the, the issue with the timing is that, like, there's some sort of messy stuff with where the plot is right now. Because, like, Law isn't there or anything, uh, Sanji is, you know, not trying to leave the crew. Um, spoilers. So it sort of messes with the timing of it. And also, apparently, um, yeah, in, in Zoe, Usopp gives Nami a new weapon that she isn't using in Heart of Gold or Film Gold. So, like, that is the weird uh, timing of it. Um, it which is also bizarre because in Film Gold they use moves that maybe are in the manga but haven't showed up in the show yet. So, But uh, anyways, I want to talk about Heart of Gold. Um, it's really good. Uh, I didn't think... Um, I wasn't expecting to like it as much as I did. But it, as soon as it starts off, we meet Psycho P, who has who's a fucking great character. Um, Camouflage, Devil Fruit is great. Um, uh, and Mad Treasure has probably my favorite favorite devil fruit I've seen in a long time. Just something about the aesthetic of it, I guess. The way he uses the chains is really, really good. Sort of throws it around and it comes out and it's really satisfying to watch. I don't know what it is about Mad Treasure that I liked so much, but I did. So yeah, it sort of opens up with uh, the Mad Treasure Pirates attacking this marine ship to get Olga. Olga's hanging out with CP0 members for some reason. And because they're trying, because she knows where this pure gold uh, treasure is and they want it for some reason I don't know uh, the mad treasure pirates are using dinostones which is a neat little detail that isn't addressed once and is unnecessary but it's cool 
it's cool that they did that. Um, which uh, Nine of Stones being sort of a reference to the plot of film Z, and that's the only time it's there. The the only the only two existences of Dinah Stones are Film Z and Heart of Gold. But it was it was nice to see it and be like, oh, I know what that is. That's interesting that they're you know accessing the shit that way. But yeah, so Heart of Gold was cool. Olga is a great little character. Um, her gags and her personality are really good. It's very straightforward. A lot of she'll sort of like say her plans out loud, and everyone's like, "I can." We heard every word of that. She brushes it off. But so she escapes the Marines, uh, ends up on the Sunny, and thinks she's gonna be able to take advantage of the Straw Hats or whatever. Tries to hold Luffy hostage, which is a really funny scene. And then as the Treasure Pirates sneak up on them, we see a really just phenomenal shot of Luffy. Zoro, Sanji, and Usopp swinging their heads around and all of their eyes glow red with the observation hockey. I'm just like, suddenly we're being attacked and it's really cool. Definitely times it after Dress Rosa because uh, Usopp has been able to use observation hockey. It's just, a, it's a really neat, neat touch the way they're trying to, the way they show it. The rest of the film is just sort of basic shonen movie plot. Uh, there's a bad guy that by the bad guy. Um, and it is completely irrelevant to the through line of the show but it does try and tie in other stuff which i liked a lot sanji gets really mad at the camouflage guy which sort of is a throwback to thriller bark when he beats the shit out of is it absalom i don't know the weird tiger zombie guy that um has the invisibility and sanji was like that was always the devil fruit that i wanted because he's a pervert and terrible and then he's like oh i didn't even know there was a camouflage one that could have it could have supplemented my dream. So he has a fight with Psycho P, which is really cool. Also, it ties in with Nami's backstory. Not really in a canon way, more to set up Foam Gold, where Mad Treasure had captured her and another treasure hunter named Karina. It's a very tiny mention in Heart of Gold, but in Film Gold, Karina is a huge character. So that setup for the film is really cool. Blah, 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 blah. Luffy's tied up and being digested. This like, entire film takes in place inside of a giant fish, by the way. I don't know if that's relevant to talk about. I'm not really like dissecting the plot. I'm just sort of reviewing it briefly. But uh, Olga's backstory is revealed. She thought her dad was dead. He's not. He's been in the fish, too. This whole time, they were just separated, having weirdly inverse uh, experiences. She was upset that she could never eat meat. She had to live off vegetables, and he was like, Oh, the only thing I've had this whole time is meat. And that was just a nice little joke they threw in. But yeah, so she she had hated her dad for making this uh, pure gold substance that made everyone, like, try and kill them or whatever because they wanted it. He did it to slow her disease from developing. It's, it's not really explained why pure gold does that or how he knew that if he created it. But it's sad and deep, and actually he wasn't the worst father in the world, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, lovingly, they they come together, and Chopper's like, oh, actually, I can just cure that right now. You don't have to, you can you can start aging again. Because I guess the pure gold stops you from aging altogether, and that's how he stops it. But it's been 200 years since then, so they've developed a cure for it. There was also another part I really like where Luffy's fighting Mad Treasure, and it's, it's just sort of a battle of their their concepts where treasure is like oh you know people are just tools to be used to get the goal and luffy's like the goal isn't even the, the point it's all about you know the the actual hunting for the treasure not receiving the treasure and especially in regards to like the actual one piece itself i think is just a really nice sort of contrast of 
showing the mentality of uh, a lot of the villains and Luffy himself. And that's, you know, it's very to be expected. Like, duh, we know, I think, 800 episodes in where Luffy's at. It's, I don't know, it's always really satisfying for me to, to see it. So that was great. And then at the end, we see Tanaka again telling Tesoro again that someone else that they hired is now defeated. And, but uh, Mad Treasure couldn't get the, the pure gold like he wanted. And Tesoro's like, oh, I care, Rich. Uh, and then and I think we also see Luchi again. Very briefly, we see Luchi, I think, talking to Sakazuki. I don't really remember Heart of Gold as much. Uh, I know that those two are in it. In it. And that sort of just leads uh, up to Film Gold itself. Really good movie. Really enjoyed it. Wow, I did not think I was going to like Film Gold as much as I did, but I really, really loved it. And it's it's weird. This is the first, I don't know if it's because it was the theater experience or seeing it in the theater as it was coming out, but this is the first time I've been like, man, I really want to watch that One Piece movie again. I've never really wanted to really watch a One Piece movie till now, especially since like immediately before, I didn't really like Film Z that much. It was kind of lackluster for me. Strong World was just sort of okay. The only One Piece movie I really got into before this one was the, the hosted one. I think it was movie six baron osamatsu or some shit because that's like a weird art piece tragedy thing but so it's really good but film gold was like pure one piece goodness in like a two-hour chunk and maybe it also had to do with how intensely the the silver mine arc and heart of gold set up for it regardless it was great i liked it so right off the bat when it opens we see karina which is payoff for the heart of gold setup we do get a bit more of her backstory with Nami. And then also right out the gate, the movie's just really funny. <laughs> I didn't expect the, jam the the jokes to land as good and as frequently as they did, but the humor's just really good. I remember like actually thinking the film was hilarious. So not a whole, it's just sort of a lot of, it's really front-loaded. I'm not, I'd probably dislike that more the second time. Obviously, I don't really mind it being front-loaded when I'm actually taking in all of the exposition. So that's a weird sort of debate of whether or not front-loaded is good or not if it's a rewatch. So we, we get into it. They sort of explore the casino a bit. There's some very obvious foreshadowing that everything is actually bad, which, of course, we already know Tesor is a bad guy if we watched The Silver Mine Arc or Heart of Gold. So they, there's the foreshadowing that, like, oh... All these people are, like, working off their debt forever. Um, these kids are slaves. And um, they're, you know, the, the whole point of the casino is to, like, trap you and lock you into this this debt cycle where they own you, which is heavy right off the bat. They give it, they give it some time to sort of um, simmer in. Uh, so we get into this race scene where Luffy, Usopp, and Chopper in one of the, the turtle cars, and they're racing despite everything they win in the, the rental car, and I guess we'll get into why Luffy's so lucky in a bit. It's a really good scene, or segment, I guess. It's a bit longer than a scene. A lot of the, the people they're racing against are really funny. Specifically, I found myself dying at um, the Marine that they're up against. Uh, I don't know what they called him, but something like his nickname is like sergeant straight or something he hated anyone who cheated or tricked or used trickery what's really funny is he gets in the lead one of the other guys in the car is like ah oh, there's a turn coming up and he's like disgusting we go only straight and then he shoots off the cliff and loses and it's just it just destroyed me it was the funniest thing i think i'd ever seen for some reason and uh so the race goes on it's a bunch of uh dumb stuff where luffy's flying around on the golf course and off the track and back onto the track and 
uh, wins somehow, and they get a bunch of money. And so the lady who greeted him that I didn't talk about before, but Baccarat, um, sort of leads him into the VIP room. Um, we meet Dice and Tanaka for real. Um, I think this is the first time Tanaka's name is said, even though this is like the third time you've seen them. If you've managed to track the the film gold series of releases, yeah. So he's there, uh, and then Baccarat uses her weird power. Uh, to fuck over Luffy, and it turns out that her devil fruit power lets her take or give people luck, and that's why Luffy's been doing so well in the casino, and then he, she takes it away, and he loses all of it to Tesoro, uh, who showed up also, and so that's a really good power, and I really like how they use it, and how they fight it as well at the end. Uh, we see Tesoro uses gold gold fruit, it's basically, it, it's paramecia, I think, but it also kind of is a Logia, and it turns out that um, he's just somehow always having it awakened, which is weird. Good to see an awakened fruit other than Doflamingos, because it was kind of weird with Doflamingo. But yeah, so they fight him briefly. Tesoro captures Zoro, so Zoro's not really in this movie at all. He's captured the whole time, but we, we sort of learn Tesoro and his mantra of where he tricks people in with this luck fruit um, that Baccarat has and get them really deep into debt uh, and then makes them work it off forever. So uh, it gets into this weird sort of mentality of, you know, money is power. I control people by crippling them in debt and uh, (laughs) having control over their livelihood by making them work off this money. And it's, it's way too real. I'll try to refrain from being this political again on the podcast, but this film... To me, just felt like capitalism's bad and doing it in the, the very shonen way of explaining it. So he, because it's, it's basically what it is, is like people who have money have power and those who have power um, can use it to, you know, make the rules and keep themselves in power. And these are like direct quotes that I am I'm pulling from the film. Let me actually pull up my thing again like those with power will always keep you down is a quote and also the game is rigged and those in power will keep it that way like way too real and poignant especially right now i feel but anyways it was politics aside we that's that's sort of the mentality we get introduced with with tesoro and he has con- and he makes control over what is entertaining that's that's his whole mo is being an entertainer which is an interesting sort of character motivation like some drunk people are near him and laughing about something he's like no i get to decide what's funny so he kills him and that's um that's pretty fucking crazy but like that's that's the introduction to who tesoro is so as this goes on the money and power trope is shown a bit more with people who work for tesoro being shitheads to people who work in the city um the slaves working off debt and then sort of subtly we get we see Spandam who was seen at the end of Dress Rosa, so it's kinda like we know Spandam's um the same with Lucci. They're both in CP0, I guess. So that's already fucking crazy. But they decided to include him in the movie a little bit, which is great. And um again I'm gonna talk about how they, they handle it not being canon really well. So yeah, we see Spandam and Lucci briefly interacting with Tesoro and how Tesoro sort of pays him off to be able to do whatever he wants on the ship. And we see some backstory with Karina because Karina decides to help 
the Straw Hats save Zoro. And so we saw, we see more of the backstory with uh, those two in Mad Treasure, which is really cool. Already sort of set up by Heart of Gold, we get to see Mad Treasure again in the flashbacks and way more in depth. So you could, you could go into Film Gold without seeing any of the stuff before it and get all the information, but also it's kind of neat to go into it being like immediately, like, I know who that is. I didn't expect this payoff. So that's really cool. So they make, they make the spy plan and they try to break in. And the scenes with Luffy being a spy is fucking great. Colleen, I I absolutely love Luffy's dub voice. Colleen Clinkenbeard, I think I'm saying that right, is fantastic. I love her. She's great. And uh, so Luffy and Frankie are like scaling the building and they sneak in. And then the funniest scene probably in the movie where Luffy's trying to like sneak down and put a like a transponder snail on something but he messes up and just the image of him like giving Frankie a thumbs up and then his face being like oh I fucked up being broadcast all over the entire island is just ah, it's so good like it's it seems like this and I'm like I need to see this movie again so this th that really hilarious scene and then they just sort of start fighting real quick and then one piece does the thing where it switches from being real funny to real serious because Tesoro is there and he's shooting gold at people and fucking everybody up and sends them into the abyss, the um, the weird dungeon below the casino. Um, and as it goes on, uh, we meet, uh, what's his name, Max, Ray's Max, I think is his name, the weird gambler guy who has the, the really good gag where he walks really slowly. But yeah, so they, they sort of bond him it, what was really nice about this too is seeing frankie so much um normally frankie's on the sidelines or not doing anything like even in heart of gold he was just like oh i'm gonna stay with the sunny and do this as a shipwright and then in this movie he was just like in the forefront because it was just him and luffy which was a really nice change i really enjoyed that um especially since he knew who ray's max was for some reason so this sort of progresses and they so they have this plan to defeat Zoro and save Zoro, and they go through to get like salt water um, or the seawater to wash the the gold off of Luffy and free all the people, and that's really good. Um, and there's some more sort of I want to say subterfuge, some more like sneaking around with uh, the group with Karina, Nami, and Sanji, and everyone else. Um, there's a really good bit where they pretend to be celestial dragons. It's really funny um, the, the way Usopp does the, the voice. And then there's some fights. There's a really funny bit where they're sneaking past these, like, watch owls that uh, they hoot if they can see anything that's alive. The chopper's able to sneak past them because he can understand what they're saying. There's this buildup, like, oh, no, they're going to see Brooke. And then Brooke starts screaming his head off, and it's like, oh, wait, he's not alive. Um, and it's really funny. <laughs> so they, they go fast through there. Um, I think I'm getting out of order, actually, with some of the stuff that I'm talking about. I'm just sort of picking between scenes I like. And uh, we see some a new attack from Sanji that I hadn't seen. It's like a weird beam. I'm not really sure how he does it. It's kind of throwaway in, in the scene. I'm wondering if it shows up way later in the manga. Because sometimes movies do that. Or maybe I'm just... I'm a couple episodes behind in Zoe. Maybe I haven't seen it or something. But... So that's good. There's a lot of really good fights as it builds up. We see Tesoro's backstory, which is sad that he was, I guess he was a slave from the Celestial Dragons and was trying to work his way back up. And it's like, oh, money is power, so I have to be this this, um, this shitty, money-hungry demon now. 
Um, and he gets the gold, gold fruit. Reminds me a lot of Doflamingo's rise, but still pretty good. Um, like, I liked it a lot. I, th- I think I like it a little bit more than Doflamingo's, obviously, because Tesoro is a little bit less of a, a d- irredeemable shit. Uh, Doflamingo is 100% an irredeemable shit. So, yeah, so this goes on. We see Luchi trying to take Tesoro, so he sort of rolls up with the Marines. And then, of all fucking people, to step in and stop him is Sabo. This is the first time I think we see, or I think this is the first time Sabo has been voiced in the English job as an adult. Because I'm sure, I'm pretty sure the dub is up through the backstory of uh, Ace and Sabo and Luffy. It's fucking Vic Mignogna is Sabo, and it's just he gets every blonde guy in anime, I guess. So that's weird. But yeah, so the way they handle that's really good. Because Luchi's like, I'm going to go take Tesoro. And Sabo's like, this is Luffy's fight. You can't do that. So it's them fighting, which is a really good way to like not let either of those two characters interact with the main cast. Um, because it's not canon. They don't want to... It, it, it works really well. I almost wonder if this movie is a bit more canon than most, but probably not. It's probably not at all, especially with the way it doesn't fit in with the timing um, of anything. So that's uh, weird, but co- really cool how they handle it, and there's no sort of, like, weird... Like, the way Kazaru was in film Z was kind of weird, um, and the way they sort of team up with uh, that other... Vice Admiral in the uh, the film Z filler arc was weird, but anyways, that's not important. It was really cool to see Sabo and Luchi fight though, and sort of wet our appetites with um, Luchi's gonna show up soon, and um, or not maybe not even soon, but Luchi's gonna show up and sort of getting a taste of you know seeing him in action again. So you know the fi- the final battle sort of progresses. They they tricked. Tesoro the whole time or some shit and um, the usual One Piece gag of oh Luffy didn't know the actual plan because he wouldn't be able to keep the secret is is there and uh, they progress they save Zoro and then there's the big the big fight um, which was actually really good Tesoro makes his giant statue of gold and fights with it and of course Luffy actually manages to deal some good blows um, just with like third gear and second gear but of course the, the way he actually turns into fourth gear was really satisfying because I knew it was coming. I knew they had to do fourth gear. And then it gets to this point where, like, you know, he's pushed down to the ground and you hear the, the sound, but you can't see anything. And I'm like, oh, hell yeah, this is good. And he goes fourth gear. And he also uses a new move. It was like T Rex gun or something. I'm not, I don't remember the exact name, but it was definitely like a, a double King Kong gun or something that was um, really really cool but it was definitely something i haven't seen thus far well he didn't use it in the doflamingo fight and that's the only time i've seen fourth gear be used so that's really cool and then all the other fights are good the way that uh so bakarat does her luck power and the way that usap beats her is really good she she's like oh all i need is this coin to beat you uh because i'm just so lucky and i've taken all your luck and so she just keeps throwing this coin at them and they keep managing to get uh severely hurt and it's I love all the scenes with her and giving people bad luck. But what Usopp does is shoot this, like, slot machine at her. And the coin goes in there and, like, spins all of her good luck. So that way he's able to actually hit her with an attack. Which was really smart um, way of sort of 
sticking exactly with the rules of it, but getting around it anyway. We see some more of that theme of uh, there's a short scene where Spandam is trying to capture Luffy, but Luffy, again, with fitting with it not being canon, Luffy has no idea who the fuck Spandam is, which is hilarious anyway that he doesn't remember who Spandam is. And will probably happen again the next time Spandam shows up uh, in the show. So that handles it pretty well, um, the, the non-canonness of it. Also allowing Spandam to interact with Luffy in the movie. Uh, so that's really interesting. Spandam says some of the stuff about the game being rigged, um, really driving home that theme of like, oh, capitalism is bad. Luffy being like, I don't care, I'm going to kick everybody's ass anyway. It's really cool uh, to see. Um, but yeah, so that sort of wraps wraps it up. Like I, I, I sort of set some some of the scenes out of order, but it wraps up with Luffy um, beating the shit out of Tesoro in fourth gear, finishing him off. He actually gets delivered right to Luchi. Uh, he gets like launched onto the Marine ship, and Sabo's like, "Oh, good, you got what you came for, and you didn't have to interrupt Luffy at all." And then Sabo sort of pieces out. We see Koala as well interacting with Sabo, which is cool to see them again, and. That's it, really. They they think the ship's gonna blow up, but it's actually not. Karina sort of steals the ship for herself, being the uh, treasure treasure hunter that she is. Uh, but yeah, she's on good terms with Nami, which is cool. They made it seem like she was gonna die, and I was like, man, they really did handle like. There's no reason she has to interact with us ever again. Like that's why it's they handle the non-canonness very well. But she lives and she escapes with the ship. Everything's good. Um, the story ends and the the only issue is the timing. Like, because, I mean, Law's not with them. Who knows how long Law's going to stay with them? Law hasn't been in a movie yet. It would have been really interesting to see Law in this film, but Law's just so powerful that I feel like that's the only way to really give him a chance is to nerf some characters. But yeah, so that was my, uh, my sort of solo review of the film gold material um it was really good um i probably won't see it again while it's in theaters but i'll definitely buy it when it comes out and watch it again i can't wait until uh, i can discuss it with jory in 400 years but i hope uh whoever listens to this liked the solo episode i might do some horror solo episodes in the future just so i can sort of talk about current one piece stuff while it's relevant it, i don't know it's it's a very different feel the the solo podcast situation as opposed to me Jory discussing things. See what happens uh, to be continued. Okay.